Welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Salette. And we are a podcast that reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. So thanks for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, friends. We have a special guest today. We are speaking with Holly Roberts about Tasting Red her fairy tale take on the Little Red Riding Hood story. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome so much. We are so excited to have you on the show. We, uh, f- just to start it off, well, actually, we won't start off because we have other shit to talk about. This is me. I go on a tangent. Yeah, We're all going to get fine. used to it. Kalina's used to it, and I'm sorry, but we she love this book. She goes on tangents, <laughs> and then she deletes them out of the episode, <laughs> and so it's just oh. me. <laughs> That's, that's, I'm very, I feel comforted. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Good. She leaves my shit in and she deletes hers. (laughs) Your your shit makes more sense than my shit. My shit is nonsensical. Editor's prerogative. I know. She has that control. And I'm like, I do. I do. I don't have control over that. (laughs) It's fucking perfect. But hey, before we get started and get into your entire life, Holly, we want to start with a quickie. That's what she said. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) So the quickie for this episode is if you could be best friends with any fairy tale character. Who would you be best friends with? And I know that that's a lot. There's a ton of million characters. And you gave us some really good examples in this book here. But if you could think about any outside or even inside, who do you think would be your BFF? Like in my version or all versions? In my book in, or the, any? Yeah. In all, any, any of all time. We could give, <laughs> you know, like anybody special powers even. Is it bad that like my first thing was like, who would like me? <laughs> uh, that's important like i'm a vibe and i would like it to be reciprocal and not just like i love you and they're like you uh 10 feet that's fine <laughs> oh i feel like i've got rapunzel energy but also i'm super intimidated by her yes her breadth of of knowledge and activity so i'd be too threatened so yeah you asked me a question now i'm gonna have this was not a quickie at all oh my god (laughs) this is a this is like a 10 hour process of elimination can i tell you who i think would be a really good pair with you just having that like this 30 minute conversation prior to recording i think goldie would be a very good your goldie yes i think you guys would vibe off of each other really well and get along very well I think Goldie would be a little too much for me, but I need a Goldie in my life. Like, I need her to... Wait, am I a Goldie? <laughs> you might Are be you? Goldie. <laughs> I would love Goldie. that. I like how this took... Like, we just entered, a, like, a romance, friendship romance. We did. I'm not oh, sorry. Th- yes, absolutely. No, there, so this there, is the coda that you're like, you'd be friends with me, is what just happened? Yeah, I think yes. that's I really just like what this happened. <laughs> this is great. Okay. <laughs> I already know you like me back. So perfect. Subliminal messaging in our podcast is happening here. Yes. Yes. Um, you know what? I also feel like, I mean, I don't know. We're I'm gonna go the Disney route, but probably Cinderella, because one of my best friends is very Cinderella-esque. Okay. And when we lived together, I would come home and when I had a really hard day, I'd find my laundry folded. Uh, and she'd do things like that for me. And I like I sometimes get memories on Facebook of like I came home from like working at the coffee wine bar and I was just 
screwed up from whatever guy was dating and there were like my socks neatly done on my bed because oh. she did it while I was gone and I'm like I love you <laughs> I like that that's yeah. a good answer that's well, also I like your answer too and now you can't take it back <laughs> nope. what about you Kalina I would be friends with Belle because then we could just read all day my I God. mean it's pretty obvious to me <laughs> The other bookworm in the fairy tale uh-huh. canon is definitely going to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Checks out. Absolutely. And especially if she gets to keep that library, then I get a I get a <laughs> go visit. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I would. Uh, I'm going to go Disney route as well and go. <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong with me? The Rescue Rangers. <laughs> Chip and Dale, rescue oh. rangers. Oh, oh, like, wait, Chip okay. and what Dale? fairy tale is that? No, it's not a fairy tale. I went That's to just see Disney well. characters. <laughs> when it gets my own question. I'll allow it. Okay, they are pretty fun. They are really fun. And I feel like we can get into a lot of mischief. And they can like go underneath doors and unlock doors for me if I needed to. What, I what don't are you know doing why. in I your spare time that requires? <laughs> You're like, you know what? I encounter a lot of locked doors that I need to <laughs> um, This is all new information, and I've known her for like 20 years. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm longer, not mischievous. 25 years. I'm a rule follower, but I feel like I could get into a lot of trouble with Chippendale. So. so, but I feel like. I mean, not to blow up your spot, but like, is it because of the Hawaiian shirt? Like, I feel like you like which ones? Which ones the wing you lean toward? Oh. Hawaiian shirt or Indiana Jones ripoff? Yeah, no, you're right. I think it would have to be Chip, who is the Indiana Jones, oh. he, and he's more rigid. Dale could get us in trouble. Absolutely, <laughs> he's the Hawaiian Chip's shirt. More, but Chip's I, more hard. I, Chip's more hard. I think. Yeah, you I like a hard. Got it. I do. <laughs> She, none of this is making sense to Kalina. I'm so, she's like, no. Nope. It's making a little too much sense, I think. <laughs> I'm like, we haven't even talked about the sexy book. We're still talking Disney. Yeah. Remember, you're like, yeah. quickie, and I was like, no. Nope, not a quickie. <laughs> but I'm like, it's this dirty, and we're talking about Disney. The book is going to get real. Oh, <laughs> that conversation's going to take a turn. Yes. Yes, let's talk about this book. Let's get into this book. Let's take a bite out of it yeah yes oh no that was my husband popping right out of my mouth i love it no don't don't no apologies here that's perfect so yes we read the tasting red which as i said is a a little red riding hood inspired retelling it's Mm -hmm. retelling of the the story with the big bad wolf and there's the grandma and the hunter and all kinds of delightful things throughout this book Mm -hmm. if you guys haven't read it like we hope all of our listeners read the books along with us because this book is worth it it's like the best book (laughs) it's like bam bam it's like two pages and fuck too much it's so good it is i could not wait until kalina started reading this it was just uh yeah sorry that that that, i interrupted (laughs) i'm like collecting sound bites of like of things you say like you know how they have those things on the 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 quotes on the back of the book the front of the book like two pages and fuck you know like that's that's the sizzle reel 
<laughs> it was. It was. And I know that we're like jumping to the very end of the book where you when you talk about, you know, being a Buffy fan and stuff like that. And so Colleen and I have talked about this where this is reminiscent of the Buffy spike scene. Like the very beginning of this book, right, Kalina? No. Oh no? Am I no. wrong? Yes. <laughs> what? It's the scene in the alley. So now we're just we're just Sorry. lost structure. You took no, no, me, no, no, you took we're me not lose structure. Totally. No, you're on to something, and I, I want to hear you say it. I, I'm not. I, you have to say what it is that you're thinking because I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> so the scene between Brexley and Red in the alley, where they, you know, they've left the club. Hunter's shown up, and he's all pissed about it, and she's like trying to explain their past relationship, and that she's too much, and then they start just like wailing on each other but then also making out it's the spike and buffy tear that fucking house down to sex that's what it is <laughs> what it is <laughs> this is so gratifying <laughs> i oh my heart oh, okay i have a, a fan group on facebook that is like rabid i love it's basically many army is what i'm doing and like in Holly's Hellions, I, I like actually ask for feedback. Like they vote on things in the book and this and that. So like there, the, that group's a, a lot to do with the process of writing my books. And so one day, that's exactly what I was like. That's the vibe. I think I pulled it up and like needed a blocking idea. And I was like, how do I block this? I'm like, let's just go pull it up. And then I put the scene into Holly's Hellions. And I was like, who remembers this super hot <laughs> of all time scene from Buffy and fucking crickets and i was like oh, okay never mind i was the only one who liked that never mind uh it's fine <laughs> they didn't oh. know are they children i don't know <laughs> i don't know but i was all alone and i was like oh it's just for me it's fine. so like the fact that you picked up that's the vibe is just delicious to me that is Kalina, yep. though. I do have to admit that I would be one of those crickets because I have never seen it. Okay. Yeah. No shame, you know? <laughs> no, all the shame because apparently it's really good. It's very good. <laughs> very good. <laughs> that scene is a vibe. And Kalina, mm, you get it, girl. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I love that you see it. I see you seeing it. And that makes me happy. <laughs> it's such a good... Because... <clears throat> yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so so we've got we've got the characters of Red and we've got Brexley who's the big bad wolf and there's you know we're not going to go through the whole plot or anything but yeah they they meet their instant attraction like she's got a, a monthly issue she's dealing with that she doesn't know exactly the extent of but it basically puts her into a horny mess for a couple of days and so Brexley's there to help it out you know help her out they're getting into trouble they're fighting they're making up they're fighting they're making up and she finally gets to just wail on him and he like can take it all like she's never gotten to be herself with somebody in in any way really before she's starting to get there with her friends where she can be more honest with them about who she really is but Brexley is allowing her to give him everything she's got, whether that's the violence, the, you know, hunger, the attraction, like all of it at once. And he just can take it and he can dish it back. And like, she loves it. It's a beautiful, well, I mean, maybe not beautiful, but it's definitely hot <laughs> scene. No, it's beautiful. Don't take it back. Beautiful. It was beautiful. But like, for anybody 
who's been, you know, feels like they're too much. You know, I think a lot of us try to hold, you know, try to act a certain way, try to be a certain way, especially when you have people telling you to not be Mm -hmm. so much and to have that scene where like she can just unleash all the violence and sexual energy, everything you just said. I I really enjoyed writing that. Yeah. Yeah. She gets to live that over and over with Hunter and remembering how it was that he treated her and how that he wanted her to be so that they could be together or whatever. And it turns out he's dumb and he's not even good enough to be himself or the self that he wants to truly be. But yeah, yeah, so she has lived that over and over with him too. So having that contrast in characters between Brexley and Hunter is... Right. I think, you know, if you've dated too, you do find people... (laughs) If you've dated, you find people who will find a version of you that they like and they will try to push you in that direction. And I've had that too where... And like, they try to use... um, positive reinforcement but you still feel it you still feel that they're trying to push you into a certain direction that doesn't include all of you so Mm -hmm. like you know like oh i really like it when you dress like this like i've had that and i like that's a nice thing to say but i instantly was like oh i get you're trying to move me in this direction yeah i want to be all of me Mm -hmm. and that's sometimes this but not all the time yeah well and i think it's also just society's pressure on women to tell us that we're we need to take up less space, be smaller, fit these preconceived roles in our lives of other, you know, like mother, mm-hmm. wife, you know, don't try to be everything or be too much because we don't like that. We want you to know, show up as a certain way that is comfortable for us. And that's the whole magic world that Red was stuck in for a while. And it does seem as if it wasn't coming from her grandmother, but it was coming from the rest of that kind of society, the school she was going to and all the people she was around that they were trying to tell her where to like how to be. And that's just you can't live like that. It does break you down and it it isn't authentic to who you are. Yeah. And also, you know, even though grandma wasn't specifically, you know, Little Red Riding Hood's grandma wasn't telling her, like, you need to be like this. I think we also do take cues from parental units or environment to try mm-hmm. to fit in, even whether you've been told that or not, you know, like, yeah. that's, but I mean, this got super philosophical. I don't know if that's normal. <laughs> no. Like, and it is. Sex, and we got back to the hot stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Just don't let me talk. That's all. Well, I think that's the beauty of the book is, like, it's got all the sexy, dirty shit we love love but this is the overarching story for red too it is like her journey to be herself and to find people who accept her and that is beautiful to have and that's why like when people dismiss this whole genre as you know fluff or uh, you know like chick lit yeah but it's like it all tells really important stories and it's got sex in it because sex is part of human life. It's awesome. So it's why not thing. have that included? But then you can also, yeah, have these characters go through these same, you know, emotional trials and and difficulties that human people go through and overcome them and show the kind of beauty in that and how that challenge, like, helped them in the long run and how they get to be themselves at the end. And I love those stories. And I love that these books do that. Yes, I I love that aspect, especially because I was talking to uh, my neighbor the other day and I found it. I knew he worked at a hospital. He works in, like, the psych ward at the hospital. And I it was instantly, like, fascinated because, the, and I explained to him that as a writer, a romance writer specifically, my job is to create 
create two people who have wounds and have them heal each other's emotional wounds. And so it is incredibly relevant because that's all we're doing. We're either walking around as emotional wounds in one way or another, trying to heal them throughout life. And so finding different types of wounds and how they manifest and how they're healed. And, and it's amazing. Like I've been like to get out of the weeds, but I've been amazed about, you know, I have to do a lot of critical thinking. And sometimes I lose even the more physical animal aspects of it. And then I hug my husband and I think, how does this hug, literally this simple gesture make me feel so much better? It literally makes me feel so good. And it's not like, a oh, it's because this is healed trauma with your mother from that, you know, like it, it actually has a healing sensation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sex is, uh, th- those are conversations that, that, you know, you have to read the subtext, but they're, they're massive conversations or sometimes quickie conversations. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> nice to see you. Goodbye. <laughs> quickie, not so quickie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and I'm so sorry. I was supposed to start off this interview with how did you get started with writing? So like, you know, thinking about the critical thinking and and some of the stuff that you have to come with so that you can create your content. Let's talk a little bit about that. How did you get started with writing and how do these ideas come up for you? And obviously all those books behind you aren't all yours, but I think a lot of them are or some of them are. So give give us a little bit of you 20 minutes into the conversation. (laughs) Sorry, baby. Uh (laughs) This is a loaded question, and there's multiple angles to it, but I'm just going to start off by saying I would like to be God. Uh, I would very much be like the position of God and controlling other people and creating stories with them like little paper dolls. Uh, I think my writing started with Barbies, you know? I was writing stories with my Barbies. You know what? I used to feel bad. One of my friends, like, I think I was 10 or something. She's like, you still play with Barbies? And I was like, no. And I was. Like, now, hindsight, I'm like yeah I'm a writer. yes <laughs> and i found i've tried a lot of different medium in which to create stories i wanted to be an actress i wanted to go live in other worlds i wanted to, uh, i've majored in film I was like maybe i'll do it that way that was a terrible idea didn't do that uh, i tried a lot of different mediums and my favorite was playing the sims <laughs> i don't know if you're familiar with this game did you oh, know Lita. that you can remove their free will so they can only do what you say? Yes. <laughs> I hear it can get super bad. And Well, you know, it was only in the beginning when I was like 12. Okay. My, parent, my mom's like, do I need to send to the therapy? Because honestly, the game was too simple. There was so I had to, to zhuzh it up and I needed, I didn't have a money cheat code. So I was like, ha- I created a character named the Black Widow and you could marry multiple dudes and get $20,000 every time. And then I found a way to murder them. (laughs) Because there's only so many people you can marry. It caps out. And I wanted to build a nice house in the game. And my mom's like, are you good? And I'm like, no. (laughs) I leaned in. I call her the Black Widow. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's good. Aren't I a murder writer? Uh, Anyways. (laughs) Uh, You can be. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) So... I 
love stories. I also love um, paranormal. I love that layer of, of fantastic that separates me from real issues. I, it makes it very palatable to me. And in terms of things that are, I mean, yeah, I just, I like that layer and couched in that way. It feels so mm-hmm. good. And I watched Buffy and, you know, Terminator and I started writing fan fiction. I think at <laughs> 14 and I was doing that. And then in college, I was trying to be a film major, but they were doing, um, it was a terrible fit. Uh, they were like, what's your top three favorite films? And I go, Blade 1, 2, and 3. Oh. And we, and they were a experimental film school. So basically, I watched a two-hour movie of a shadow moving across a wall. No. What? It was a bad fit. <laughs> no. I don't. No, thank you. Nope. Whoa. So. Like, I think to cope with that, I started to go back to writing and I was just writing scenes from a book. And I was like, I looked up like how many words is in a novel? They're like, 100,000 words. It's like standard words in a novel. I was like, oh my God, I have 40,000 from just futzing around. I'm writing a book. Uh, Everybody, I am writing a book. And then (laughs) I kept going. That's awesome. Oh my god. That's good. I love I love that you are sharing your details of inspiration and Sims is involved in this. For sure. I have never played it myself, but I do play video games and so I can understand that extra element of extra world, like a different world. You know, like I play yeah. World Warcraft, so I've got characters that are also well, I guess they're not paranormal, but you know, they're fantastic they're uh they're fantasy characters and so building these characters and the content and the 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 stories that you're telling is incredible and the way that you portrayed it through this book in particular was fucking fantastic i just let me just commend you right now first your writing is incredible not just your your story your story is fun your story is super fun it's one of my favorites and i love the characters in here but your writing is really really good kalina can probably talk better on this because i don't (laughs) I can't express myself in that way. And she's well more versed in reading than I am. But sometimes I find it hard to follow certain ways of writing, but I followed yours very well. Now, I didn't know what a wet blanket was, but I, <laughs> I do just, now. <laughs> that's just a phrase. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, it's, 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 it's not, not a, a writer. That's just it's you write, exposed and, to that particular phrase. And now you know not to be one. So. I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got to watch that. I love slang. I love slang so much. I, I also love teaching it to my mother. And then, <laughs> like, sometimes I struggle to, I, I don't know, like, when people get older, I think it they get disassociated and, like, it doesn't feel part of you anymore. And you're like, oh, those kids are saying stupid stuff. But, like, we had our own language, too, when we were younger, Absolutely. right? And I still like reaching down and getting those language pieces. I think they are super fun. And so I have to, like, watch myself not to put too much slang in there. But I have a hard time not doing it. But, like, I taught my mom. I was like, there's this phrase about throwing shade. And I explained it to her. And I was like, I haven't figured out how to use it in context. In two seconds, she turned it on me, like, whiplashed me with, like, a phrase. Like, what? Like, nice. <laughs> that is awesome. I would say... Yeah. Do it. Continue doing it. You don't have to watch yourself. I don't. Yeah, I think as long as it feels authentic to the characters. Mm-hmm. That's the only yeah. time I'll, I'll, I'll call it out is if I'm reading and this character is not just doesn't match 
the vernacular that they're using. You know, you're just like, why did you say that? That Where that's that not an 18-year-old child. Like, why why is this 40-year-old <laughs> woman saying that? That's not right. You know, like, so I feel as long as it's yeah authentic to who the characters are, I I love it. I don't mind it at all. Even if I have to look shit up, I don't mind. Like, I'll learn new <laughs> yeah. phrases all the time. I we just, just ask Kalina. <laughs> yeah, we we'll do it on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, about your world, I was interested in, it's a very unusual magic world. It's not typical, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's got some standard characteristics that people would recognize, but I think some of, especially with what you do with magic is very unusual. Like, why do the mages smell bad to all of the fae, or at least to the shifters, the wolf shifters? Because, yeah. like, Brexley's always really grossed out by the magic, the mages when they show up and stink like, <laughs> like diesel or rotten food or. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did I come up with that? So to, to be clear too, when I started writing, I didn't, you know, got off in the weeds again. Um, I actually started on science fiction fantasy side and I only moved to romance oh. five years ago. So I really got into the world building of okay. like, craft portion of it but also they get very intense about that so like i like i I like to put it in the romance first world building next Mm -hmm. um so those elements of like there's you know the making the rules about it i really learned and enjoyed and so there were things that i was like how do i get you know like this world has humans, mages, and fae. Uh-huh. And ma- mages are like witches and wizards. Uh, fae is like trolls, werewolves, whatever, like, you know, I want to play with. And also, like, I play Dungeons and Dragons. That's why I'm tired today. We uh-huh. really hard last night. So I was like asking my dungeon yes. master. I'm like, okay, let's talk about there is a difference between wizards. Like, they can grow their abilities. Fae only have, like, set abilities. So I wanted to give wares a set ability. It's not something they can grow or practice or anything. And I needed a reason to keep them away from the rest of the world. Like they need Um. to be sequestered. And like, you know what I hate? Bad smells. (laughs) That really upsets me. I don't like bad smells. I think one of my goals in life is to smell good and have my house smell good and have things like if somebody tells me I smell good, I'm like, I've won the day. (laughs) Today is been won. (laughs) Right? And also like, in romance, so much of it is physical taste, touch, smell. Mm-hmm. And so to have him be, you know, disgusted by a large portion of the populace, it explains why he doesn't come out and hang out. Like he, he keeps going back into mm-hmm. the woods after he's done his job as a mercenary or, or whatever it is that he does. <laughs> and I, you know, and that also gives me a chance to make her smell really, really, really good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. And it also kind of put the mages and like witches and you know warlocks in a different light than in other books like i know we only met a few but they were all not good they were were very not good people and it's a strange world where people know about them they're out it's not like one of those worlds where Mm -hmm. they're a hidden uh race that people are you know trying to keep secret from the humans though there's trashy reality tv shows with mages and that's like grandma's magic cookies are like the best things you know worldwide seller and stuff like that so people know about them but they're running around just straight murdering people (laughs) left and right and i'm like should somebody get involved where's is there um is there a black ops group that could help with this (laughs) i will say there's not like condone it's not like okay they're coming after like it's a bit of a, 
they are like paid mercenaries that are going after the situation. So they're supposed to be covert. They just, I mean, they're not very. Not, it, not it's very? possible the people behind it are like bitches on a budget a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> or they just didn't think that it would cost that much, you know. Um, I I think it doesn't happen that often, actually, which is why there isn't like again, like so. There's different um areas quadrants so to speak you know where there's there's a mage city and there's a human city and like there yeah. could be overlap but they typically don't interact and i i think it is because and not to say that all mages are bad but it is i love um one of my favorite authors is alona andrews have you guys read anything by her yes oh, God. i love Mm-mm. her stuff so much haven't we Alona Andrews? I don't recognize that name. Is that is yes. she romance writer? Yes. Um, yes, but she is also on the sci-fi fantasy side. So she dabbles in both. So her Kate Daniels series is in fantasy section. Her Hidden Legacy series is in romance. And her world building is, oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. She was from Russia and her husband was in uh, the military. And so the, she, she they do incredible world, world building and he can add like this clout to like any battle or something that happens. Oh, cool. He's mil- right, it, right. He's got the experience. Right. But like, so they have really, her world building around the romance is so good. And I, I do mm. like that idea of, you know, when you have a lot of power, it does kind of corrupt. Like it, you, like these these mages have lost yeah. some humanity. You know, they they have a lot of money, they have a lot of power, and you know they get focused on the wrong things. But Little Red Riding Hood's grandmother is essentially like the Martha Stewart powerhouse of yes. this world. And I don't want to give away too much about her character or what she's about because you know spoilers. And I know a lot of people <laughs> make, people make a lot of assumptions about her, and I really love to hear them. <laughs> Because I almost went a couple different ways of that. But there's some variety of character in that world. But we did pull out a certain section of them to Yeah, and mostly so far the evil ones. (laughs) Yeah. The really twisted. (laughs) Twisted. Yeah. Did we, do I know... I don't know how you guys would know if I knew, but it's. I'll tell you. <laughs> you can tell me. Did go. we find out what grandma is? She She's is a mage. mage. She is she a mage. Is okay, a that's what. Level five. Like one of four level fives in the world. Or level something. five. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. I remember. Okay, okay, this cup, but I was just like, well, wait a minute. Because obviously we find out that red is half wolf and we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> Sorry, the surprise I think is that Jameson is her father, yes. at least for me. We do spoilers on here, right? Yeah, we do spoilers. Oh, oh I'm okay. so sorry. Yeah, no, we it's do. Okay. We can. I just didn't know if we do because I do. I'm a twist writer, so I do like yeah. the plot twist thing. Yeah, we 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 tell everybody our stuff, and we hope mm-hmm. everybody reads it with us because yeah. they should. Yeah, and if not, okay. then maybe they'll listen to the episode and be like, "Now I need to go read that." Okay, <laughs> I know. Like some readers are super like anal about spoilers i'm a reader who fucking loves knowing spoilers in advance especially like if things too. are tense me too like i was reading what was i reading Lisa? oh i was reading the second uh sarah j moss court of thrones so uh mist and fury book and i just could not stand that ending i was just it was killing me listening to the <laughs> king of hybern like monologue and so i went to my friend who i knew had finished i was like you just tell me how it ends and then i can get through it i can't get through it right now until i know the ending and she's like that's the weirdest thing i've ever heard and i was like i, I can't do it. it i need the end and then i can do it <laughs> you know what that's it's because it's a romance thing we we want to have the certainty we want to have a certain level of boundaries but i do like to fuck with people so i really <laughs> like to write twists that are gonna like get them be like fuck 
Like, that's my favorite. No, second favorite. My first is Reader Tears. Like, oh my God, I put that in my mug and drink mm. them up. Yum, yum. Which this was one, I think I made, <laughs> there was a, re- my favorite review so far on Tasty and Red has been like, I ugly cried at this. And I'm like, ooh, come on. <laughs> She's like, do you feel alone? Check. Do you feel like you're on the stage? <laughs> like, goddamn, all right. She goes, and it was funny. And I go, all right. It was yeah, funny. That's my yeah. dream wish list. You hit the mark on a lot of these things. And I think you really did touch a lot of your readership for it because a lot of people can relate to what Red is going through. And not only the relationship and the self-reflection, but even the support that she has around her with her best friends. Because I feel like even though we don't live in a fantasy world, this could be reminiscent of the life that I live. I have two best friends that I hang out with that are really supportive. And we sort of have girl code. We understand each other. So having that relationship with not just what's familial with her grandmother, but with what's happening with Brexley, and then having her girlfriends, oh, and then being afraid of your boss, which I am. (laughs) You know, it's all very relatable. So yeah, I didn't cry so much in this, but I did have lots of feelers for it. Yeah, I just felt like you reached out very well. You grabbed, you know who's reading these books and you fucking pulled us in and it was brilliant. Yeah, I did know. (laughs) Totally. I was very calculated. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. It wasn't a question. It was just a statement. I I, I am drinking that I know exactly what I'm doing. Good job, Holly. Yes, good job. Absolutely. Well, and we've talked a lot about Red's journey and the things that she's overcoming, but Brexley is equally broken Mm -hmm. and messed up. Like he is the character that is living life as if you can go through it alone without connection at all. Like he's, you know, his whole backstory of being kicked out of his clan or what is it? Pack. Pack. That's it. We never know the word. Werewolves. (laughs) Kicked out of his pack at nine and living his life, you know, unentangled from everybody else and being a real lone wolf, big bad lone wolf. But that's also not real. Like, he's hiding all of these real emotions that he has, and he's suppressing them. And he's he does it a hundred times throughout the book, where he's just like, yeah, I think I love... No, I don't love anybody. Yeah. I hate everybody. I love myself. Yeah. And I'm going to go going on like this. <laughs> and you're like, no, well, buddy. <laughs> I did really exaggerate the stakes, though, because the thing is, if he makes a, a connection to somebody, he can physically die. Like, I really amped it up. Yes. Because the, the rule is that, you know, that's the other thing about packs is like, how am I going to sequester them? You know, and the, the smell thing is one thing. But the other thing is like, and I think this came from this psychological conversation I have with my girlfriend where, you know, especially in social media, it's hard to have people disagree with you. Like a lot of us would all be if we could just allow people to disagree with us, there'd be a lot more peace. Mm. But do you know how? hard it is to let people disagree with you and say something so opposite to what you want. And I really think that it has to do with our fear. This is going to sound crazy. Our fear of dying. When somebody disagrees with you, even online about, you know, like politics or religion or this book is good or this book is bad, (laughs) which I that like, I don't ever want to yuck anybody's yum, but I understand why people are like, no, why does everybody love this book? And I hate it, you know? 
And I, I really think it has to do with our primal need to fit in and have connection because that's how mm. we survive. And I think we get super passionate about these because I think it actually is related way back here in this deep subconscious part that like if people aren't agreeing with you, if you're not on the same page and have that connection, you're going to die. Yeah, that's it's like so deep. And I think there was more context to our conversation. But I think that like is a very, very deep seated root and a primal way to how we handle those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, like a lot of the studies show that our brains have not kept up with technology. Like it's advanced so much faster than our primal brains have advanced. So we're still have all of that like stuff from when we had to live in groups and you know in the trees to avoid lions and shit saber tooth tigers yeah yeah exactly and now all of a sudden we have the whole world at our fingertips and it's our brains are just like i don't understand how to handle this we can't be a cohesive unit and the truth is we're there's infighting because there is so much variety there is so much differences and so like there's like people who are going online and saying like you can't say this you can't do this how dare you do this this isn't enough is because i think they genuinely want to like have the world fit them and feel safe i think it makes people feel unsafe on a basic level yeah and so the rule is with the pack that you like you bond with the pack and that you, you'll survive if you get kicked out of the pack if you don't have a mate or a connection you physically die brexley came very close to actually dying because mm-hmm. he got excised from the pack and i was drawing on that theme that i feel like that's how we feel as people you know there there's that massive fear if you lose your job if you lose your friend if you have a breakup like you're gonna be okay but there's something in the back of your brain going this is going to kill me this is going to end me and it it hits you full body no matter what you, you know you can't rationalize your way out of that so when he learned to cut himself off and he doesn't have to connect with the world that he can survive. So she threatens his very survival because if he falls for her, bonds with her and it doesn't work out, he'll, he'll be in the ground, man. I love that wayward of putting in the faded mates trope into, <laughs> into this, uh, into this story because we are not fan of faded mates. That's just not something that Kalina and I, uh, oh good. <laughs> we can all talk shit about it equally here. It is not my jam. I wish it was, you know, like, I I wish I was into it. But I do understand. I've had people explain it to me. They're like, well, the the fantasy about it is that you have somebody who's only going to be with you forever. And I, I like I completely understand that. But for me, it kind of pulls out the earning it bit, the the buildup. And like, that's not true in a lot of stories, but it still feels that way to me. So I do kind of sneak in the faded mate for people who like it, but in a way that I I could, is palatable for me, where you still got to earn it, damn it. Exactly. And it's still tasteful for for those of us who don't like it. And especially if you don't use those actual words, I think they, they still, like, they work, even though you know, we've read so many of these types of books. Well, not like, but all of these stories that have that and they're like, we're fated, we're supposed to be together. We're, ma- you know, but for him is like, dude, if I get into this with you, I'm fucking yours forever. I'm stuck. And if you, yeah, that, and it's actually a, a more, I think, harsh way of putting it, I think, instead of a little bit, it's less romanticized, which if we're going to talk about the sex in this book, which we should get into. <laughs> There is absolutely, I mean, there's one romantic scene, maybe. It's still got kinky. So, but. Oh, there's lots of romance. How dare you? Soft romance? I mean, he buys her her first food in the whole book, and I think that's romantic. I have a pet peeve, sorry, just minor thing to say. She does not eat until the 70, 72% through the book, and it was very bothersome to me as a person. 
because I was like, oh no, you are ate, you serious? If you ate, you would feel better. Because <laughs> she wasn't feeling. Oh. She's just on. Ca- she's just on caffeine the entire that's time. That's true. She's only on caffeine. And just yeah, she's like, I gotta get through these fucking exams. She got, she got a pastry at when she was studying. I just didn't elaborate. Okay. We were very. She was obsessed with the mocha. She still eats the mocha. The mocha. I know, are the and thing. I assume yeah, she was. No. I, all of the you know assumptions of the stuff that's not on the page, of course, but she didn't on page eat until he bought her that <laughs> ham and cheese croissant. <laughs> That is such a bothersome thing to me because that upsets me so much in movies. Oh my god, I can't believe I did that. No, but then then she does eat a lot afterwards because then she keeps she getting starved and so yeah. she keeps having to eat cheeseburgers. So she does eat. It's just if you, I don't know if authors can see notes in Kindles. Can you see when people make notes or highlights? I- I've been told there's a way. Well, if you ever go and look yeah. at them, there's going to be a lot of for me where I'm highlighting mi- moments of her eating or uh, drinking coffee. And I'd be like, this is your third coffee and you haven't eaten. Where's your food? She doesn't feel good. <laughs> it's true. She's a strung out college student who's abusing the shit yeah. out of her body. You're like, we'll fix this, will it? Um, but also to your point, though, like, like I, I should have brought it up earlier when we were talking about villains, like the twisted villains of Hansel and Gretel that are like, <sighs> Yeah, probably, probably fucking each other. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, know? they are absolutely fucking each other. Hell yeah, uh, they're so twisted. I I had to like, you know, I was worried that I was gonna get like create that stigma about her being like she's pretty skinny. She's she isn't good at feet eating herself, but and like I was worried the licking the lips thing was gonna get irritating before all that shit got explained. And there's a mm. very good reason for it. Like, it, yeah, it definitely did, but <laughs> I mean, like it was needed, and then eventually, you're like, yeah. oh. Got it. Explained. Yeah, no, I think I, that was fascinating. I loved Hansel and Gretel as like super creepy looking evil ass incestuous twins. So good. <laughs> like with the straight blonde, just like that mm-hmm. creepy children of the corn shit. And you're just yeah. like, yeah, they're looking evil, awful. Incestuous legless motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> I think that was so good. Uh, then they lost their powers, which, uh-huh, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, I, there's a lot of romance. Brexley's romantic. But I think what Sels is saying is that the sex is a little bit more hard and fast than oh, yes. romantic sex up until the end when they actually Indeed. are like tender. That's it. It's not romance. It's tender well, not sex. Tender. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exa- yeah. It's okay. Okay. So yeah, we could, if, yeah. If it makes you feel better. <laughs> I was talking to a friend about like... Somebody's like, he's so chivalrous. Like, no, he's not. And then my beta reader goes, you literally named one of the chapters chivalry. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. I guess it did that, huh? Where he's like, um, the, the guy's mean to her at the bar. And he's like, you better fucking apologize to uh-huh. her. Yeah. So, and, you know, taking care of the bunnies and being oh, I angry that. for Goldie. Because Goldie's boyfriend turned out to be mm-hmm. a cheater. Like, He's he is chivalrous. He just it's in his own way, <laughs> on his own. Well, he's a violent animal, <laughs> as is she. He probably doesn't think he's chivalrous either, though, because he does. You know, he's just like, oh, I'm a tough guy. I don't need these feelings and these <laughs> emotions. You know, so but it's all like innately in him, and he takes. <laughs> That's why he got kicked out of the fucking pack. Yeah. There's no way that dude doesn't grow oh, up no, and be yeah. the most like chivalrous dude. I mean, he's he he lost his whole world because he stood up for a woman mm-hmm. who needed. They saving. didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, 
that he didn't even know as a nine-year-old so he's Mm -hmm. chivalrous but he doesn't yeah he doesn't know it because he thinks that's bad right um that's a good point So would you guys classify this as enemies to lovers or why or why not? Why or why? I think oh, more why or why not. I would do just because Red didn't know that he is an enemy. I feel like I write enemy to lovers vibes without explicitly making it enemies to lovers because there's a lot of fight. Like I don't know how to yeah. explain to readers. It's not enemies to lovers exactly, but it's a lot of hate. It's a lot of hate sex. It's a lot of conflict. Conflict. Mm -hmm. But I think both of them really need, both of these characters needed that. Like, she needed him to show up and be like, you're fucking cosplaying as a human. This is bullshit. Like, I get, (laughs) I I totally understand what she's trying to do, like rebuild her life on her own. But she is choosing to do it in a very ridiculous fashion. Mm -hmm. And like, she needed that slap in the face to be like, come on. And like, she needed that. And he needed that, too. He needed someone who pushed him back and would like didn't take his shit. So I think I, – but I never got the feeling that they were just enemies. I mean, I never yeah. thought they either one really ever hated each other. I thought it was very clear from the beginning that they were Yeah, he kept trying to tell himself that I'm here on a mission. I got to do this. And if she knew why yeah. I was here. But it was – But it he was, was being – he was yeah. really not doing very well at his mission. He wasn't if he really trying. wanted to do that, he should have tried a lot harder and you know, for like a, a whole week until yes. he finally was like oh i gotta find grandma oh, I forgot. Yeah, that was honestly that was just to satiate the reader that was brilliant writing by the way that was just oh yeah that is why he's there because we had forgotten too we're like they they're building this beautiful relationship that they're both trying to deny but we also forget that he's there to kill grandma and we just don't you know he's the- uh, yeah <laughs> I okay. mean, for minute one, I was like, this is asshole's not killing grandma. I know no, he's not fucking <laughs> killing grandma. Sorry. I don't think so. I'm like, already know this is an asshole. It, it could have been grandma was evil. I almost went that way. And some readers did mm. jump on the train and they, because you don't see her till the end. They're like, yeah. she's going to be awful. And I almost did it. I was like, you know what? That's too fucking easy. Going for the, the fucked up parent. It's the easier one. Like I actually wanted to make it a little more complicated, a little bit deeper and not do the easy choice and have it be like. Like her, she was grieving the loss of her daughter and threw herself into work. And, you know, like you don't know how to handle that much fame and business mm-hmm. and emotion with yourself and like your grandchild. You know, that's that's all just too much and make her very human, so to speak. But I do have to defend myself on this and like <laughs> I'm excited to do this. Yay. Okay. I got that note where like from beta readers or proofreaders like, yeah, but like, why isn't he doing anything? And listen, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> tell you why he wasn't doing anything it's a stakeout so he's honest i actually used to work for a private investigator oh for a couple years i I mainly did like backgrounds on people who wanted to do be deputies for denver sheriff other things but there were some things i had that were interesting like i did go undercover at one point i did like i learned a lot about stakeouts and the truth is with stakeouts in his situation is he you set up on the person who you know is eventually going to be the contact for whoever's going to come like grandma's going to contact red at some point that's her family that is Mm -hmm. her only person and so setting up on her is the smartest thing to do and there's nothing doing if she doesn't come out of the woodwork what is he gonna do 
So, like, he does have to remind himself. But I will say, like, someone's like, well, what would he be doing? And, like, I, I did kind of appease. Like, he does, you know, go. I didn't get into detail about him going to other contacts. But, you know, trace, like, you trace credit cards. You trace, um, mm-hmm. but, like, because of her security team, she went dark completely. So yes. there's nothing for him to follow except be with the one right. person she's going to surface for. So, just stayed. No, <laughs> I, I get it. No, it was, I think it's great. I love that the relationship is going so powerfully that he does sort of forget but he also is still doing it i actually went a different way i didn't assume grandma was evil i assumed she was already kidnapped and that actually toby or theo or whoever her head security guy was in on the bad stuff because she was not contacting red and i I, like the fact that the last conversation was they were supposed to meet at the house and then she doesn't show but red i'm just like she this woman lost her her daughter she's not going dark on her grandmother for or on her granddaughter for this long so i assumed she was already in trouble and mm-hmm. someone had her against her will. that that's that's a good guess too i think i i would couch that in the fact that i say couch a lot i just realized i like couches <laughs> so that's probably why it's an affection that you know when you have a team like that you expect them to communicate and be your extra arm for you and Mm -hmm. in the time like there's the way that the cookie situation worked out like she didn't think anyone was gonna go after red there were no hints that red should be should be bothered Mm -hmm. at all like Mm -hmm. she she like and i think graham was aware that you know red went to go live in the human world there's no reason to bother her even though she did send red cookies and so it did have to take somebody from her past like hansel gretel actually got the wrong clue that all so happened to be the right right (laughs) yeah so i think grandma would consider herself the target in that situation Mm -hmm. and staying away from red would keep her safe in that scenario but i i can see where that would also be a way i could have written it for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i just was like yeah she's 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 somewhere under like she's trapped and and i don't trust her security because well because hunter's his son and i don't trust him so obviously Mm -hmm. if you produce She's playing bingo in Mexico. Joke's on you, bitch. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, she just walks in at the end. And I'm like, oh, she wasn't. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so I guess she was she's okay. not the best grandma, all right? <laughs> Maybe not. This was not her best choice. This is not her best year. No. Yeah. That's all right. It all worked out in the end <laughs> because it's meant to in these books. If they don't. <laughs> to be clear, she did think that that cookie recipe was going to clear the FDA and it was going to go into mass production, but it got shut down. So, <laughs> you know, we got to hold out for so long. I had no idea. I, I was I was oblivious to all of it. I just waited for the final to tell me what where grandma was. I just I had couldn't come up with a conclusion of what was going on with her. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. I you know what I really did go with an Alfred Hitchcock um, route where grandma slash the cookies are kind of the MacGuffin, which mm. is the the thing that you chase the whole movie and like the Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really like you. I think I don't even know if they explain what the hell the Maltese Falcon is. Like there's some kind of film in there that's important but that's not what the movie's about right it's about Mm -hmm. trying to get the thing and so I actually did deliberately do a Hitchcock and be like grandma's gonna be the Maltese Falcon as are the cookies nobody's gonna know what the fuck they are but everybody's going after them because they are important and maybe somebody has a little bit of information to create this forced proximity situation where you know Mm -hmm. Rexley sets up on red and hangs out and you know bangs her until grandma shows up banging (laughs) oh geez you said the magic word Dude, your sex scenes are incredible. Oh, thank 
Thank you. They are good. I mean, like, I know we're almost an hour in. This this is our, this is my fault for going off on a tangent. But I, (laughs) I love that you, you safely took us to the kinks that were happening throughout, like, their, all of their interactions. Now, I know there were a lot of no touching rules. Well, there was the one rule, which was no touching. But obviously, their sexual attraction to each other is just, I mean, like I said, two pages in and all of a sudden they're like, they're in, they're fucking. And it's just intense. Oh my God. This is where we like to tell. Yeah, on grandma's bed. This is where we like to tell our readers or our (laughs) listeners, you had to have read this book in order to one, follow along, but you also have to read it in the context that it's given to you by the author because you can't consume it any other way. It is just like, we could tell you about it, but it's not going to hold a candle to it at all. (laughs) No, it's good though. It's definitely like, I thought that was that, that had me chuckling. And I appreciated that we got both instantaneous, like, yes. you know, they got the sex out of the way really fast. It wasn't teased and like carroted in front of us for the whole book. But then, but then we had a real long pause because she was like, no, I'm not going to debase myself in front of you like this. I'm better than that. And you don't like me. And we're going to just be professional. Mm-hmm. And so we get a little bit like it goes a ways until the next scene and then the next time they kind of break down and like well there's this no touching mutual masturbation scene which was oh my god they're like okay we won't touch but we'll do this and hopefully the first scene like it it does give you the sex off the bat but hopefully it leaves you wanting more oh yeah and i a hundred percent blame tiktok for a lot of things tiktok and katie robert because everyone was making such a big deal about the court of the vampire queen coming out and they're like oh my god it's on page two and everybody ran to that book i'm like i can can do that you fucking did and i did that That is awesome. Well, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate because then you want you write it so good to pull us in, and then you tease us for a little bit, but then you give us those snippets of like the the masturbation when he caught when he heard the vibrator going on in the room, and he's just like, "Oh, I'll just stand on this side of the door <laughs> and pull my gut out." Like what? Shit, that was good. I know it was so good. We love masturbation scenes. Like that's we one love of them. Really? They're our favorites. Oh They're yeah, our yeah favorite. We like voyeur scenes and masturbation scenes. Voyeur ones, yeah, especially when. Somebody's watching. Yes. And uh, <laughs> now they know they're watching, but it's still like. Yeah, safe voyeurism. Safe voyeurism. Yeah. It's yes. so good. Which is kind of what they end up doing. I do like, I feel like I made him very chivalrous when he, you know, finished on her door on the other side. And then the next day she's like, why is there a clean spot on my door? <laughs> just, he's like, he wiped it down. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a good hero. He cleaned that spot of the door. He cleaned it up. Yeah. It's good. He's got a so a lot of people were like it's not a meat cute it's a meat fuck oh my god (laughs) and i was like it's pretty fair it really is it really 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 was and i love that she just gave him the answer to his cover like she's like who are you are you the new security guy he's like yes i am (laughs) um is who I am. You nailed it. <laughs> and then he's just, just like, okay, well, if you're security, I guess it. I can fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I trust you. I mean, I don't think there's trust going on in your cell. No. Now, 
So with the mates thing, it's debatable um, where they actually made it. Like, you know, I didn't do faded mates where it's like a moment that's a lightning strike, you know? And I think that you could say that like that scene, that scene, uh, that was, they made it right then and there. And it was completely uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. You know, you could also argue that like it was built over time and that the mating bond was created. And I personally think it was kind of a one, two, you know, like I wanted to like, I think because I don't do faded mates, I wanted to to serve people who do enjoy that. And like, if, if you could see that moment right there, if, if you wanted to take that with your entire fist, I do like the that it's a it's a two step. You know, it, it, there's yeah. some build after that. I think that, that was brilliantly executed then, because then you've got those of us who don't like it, but those of us who do like that video mate that interpret it that way, and they're the ones they're like, okay, it was in the beginning, whereas we're like, okay, it could be towards the end for us because that's where we feel satiated, right? So like that's where we're like, okay, that's cool. So you hit them both, and you're you're getting all the different levels and all the, d- the different wants of your readers, which is damn, damn girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it explains why it's so uncontrollable too, because you know he hasn't seen a wolf, much less a female wolf in so mm. long and mm-hmm. she's never come up against a wear and they're so starved yeah. like they're mm-hmm. so starved that like having that moment around each other it's just boom it has to happen because they're like it's they're just they're so starved mm-hmm. starved little wolves oh, <laughs> <laughs> and like part of the humor and what you do for like we already mentioned you know Hansel and Gretel's evil so the the book is chock full of fairy tale side notes <laughs> And so, like, Red and Brexley are constantly doing the, oh, my, what yeah. big shoes you have. So or, oh, good. my, what a... <laughs> that, when I decided I was I was seeing everybody do these fairy tale retellings, I'm like, I want to do one. I'll just do one. I'll just do one standalone. I just get to do it. And it was all kept, like, all going to be around the whole thing of, like, my, what big feet... What a big cock you have. Oh, the better to fuck you with my dear. Like that was the only thing I was like, how can I put that on the front cover? And I couldn't, but well, that's okay. I think yes. that tagline's good. I'm glad that you put it in and you didn't do it in such a like a corny way that it was just like us rereading, you know, the fairy tale again or whatever. Well, and they kept recalling it. They just yeah. kept going back to it, like, you know, and then it kind of morphed into like Oh, what a, you know, big emotions you have, something. I forget what at the end they have, like... Oh, yeah, the thing that like, at the end when he goes what, out, like, what big powers you have, and then yes. boom, dead. It's good. Yes, right before he almost dies. Yep. Yes. That's just going to be his last word. So turn. good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. And so, and then, like, there's, you know, we meet Tom Thumb. He's a driver, and we meet, like, all of these little things, little nods to the fairy tales throughout, which takes us to her best friends who we've mentioned, but I don't think we've named them, which is Goldie and Cinder, mm-hmm. who are obviously little or uh, Goldilocks, Goldilocks, Goldilocks and, and Cinderella. 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 And then their boss is Rapunzel rap. And where are their books? Yes. <laughs> where are their books? When when are they coming out and, and can I put it on my calendar? <laughs> Guys, this is supposed to be a standalone. <laughs> and I think you might read, yeah, no, that's the reaction. Anybody who read it goes, uh, bitch, no. And then. Like, the stuff I put about um, rap where Rapunzel is like this hard ass with a mohawk. So her hair's all gone. And Brexley looks at her and goes, well, I know what the fuck you are. And wow. she looks at him. Like this whole style of conversation. Oh, like, yeah. It was great. You tell anybody I'll cut your balls off. Uh-huh. And then I was like, 
going to leave it there. It's going to be a stamp. No, I can't not series out. You know, it's because I love the Buffy. Like, I love the found family, the group. That is my mm-hmm. jam, man. I'm really good at, I will, I will toot my own horn. Toot, toot. That, you know, I can get these characters into these friendship found family situations. And then it makes you want to build on them. So yeah. I am officially confirming that there are going to be more books. I think the series is going to be called The Lost Girls because they all, you know. Yeah. So Goldie is next. Did you guys read the bonus epilogue? I haven't yet. I saved it for after this. <laughs> I don't know if I did. Did I? Is it so, a connection to this book? On the- yeah, you have to so, click, though. You have to click. Oh, I haven't clicked it. So no, I haven't. Yeah, you download it separately. So it, I, I think almost every book I have a bonus epilogue. And what it usually is, is the hook to the next one. So you guys should check it out. Because okay. It's the the lost girls go to the pumpkin coach club. Good. To, I really want to get the pumpkin, the pumpkin coach. coach club. Yay! <laughs> yeah, to to hang out with Dame Kiki, hell yeah, the fairy godmother, and it sets up the next book. So I did that and still was going like stand alone, and I was like, no, it's not Holly. No, no. It's not. So sorry. I'm like I don't know. Mm-mm. You can't write this book and say stand alone. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I've got Goldie. I'm working on that. And then I've already got Cinder. There's going to be Rap. And there may be another character that I actually almost wrote into book one that I may put in that would qualify for another book, too. Okay. So this got wildly out of control. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited. Like, I, I really do want to Like, it's going to be. I, I set up. You can feel it. You, I, oh, I know yeah. their backstory. Like, I know snippets about their them that need to be stories. Explored. They just both got magics. Yeah. We don't know they what did. they are yet. We don't know but what they are. They're going to have them i like this if this doesn't continue i will throw things (laughs) perfect all right right, a little violence i respond to violence amazing (laughs) it's so good there's so like i really did just so this is our second fairy tale book that we've done recently kind of recently we did claiming beauty by sky alder a couple months ago which is a retelling or sort of a retelling of uh, it's Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And like their books are very, very different. That's, you know, they're like short episodes versus like movies, which is what I'd say, like you know, yeah. novellas kind of. And I just I didn't know that this was my kink that I needed in life. And it's now is all I want to read. <laughs> I'm just like, why? Like, and I never was a huge fairy tale person growing up. I wasn't a big Disney movie person. I didn't care that much for this stuff. And then as an adult, apparently the thing that's been missing was <laughs> sexy versions of fairy tales. Huh? Yes. With, with wolves. Yeah. <laughs> with wolf shifters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, this is what I needed. You weren't, um, you know what? That's okay though, because I, I think that's also why, you know, when people get like, I hate this book and it's not for me, like it may be a different time. This may not be the time that it's right for you. And something comes up later, you're like, oh, God, yeah. this is what I needed at this time. Any of the time, not for me. Um, which I, I love that about life in general. Mm-hmm. So wax poetic. So Goldie, I'm, I'm actually going to put up the pre-order and I think I'm going to set a year out. It's going to be like a lot sooner than that. I uh, mm-hmm. just, we haven't talked about the other books that I write that apparently also <laughs> I did the same damn thing where uh, like i was like it's a trilogy and they're like so where are the other mm-hmm. spin-off trilogies and i'm like well fuck me uh, like, let me get on that so um the other series i write that has done really amazing is called vegas immortals so he's the grim reaper and he's uh he actually it's modern day. So he owns the pyramid hotel in Vegas and basically okay. all the gods own. Oh, he's, he's also the God of the dead and the Egyptian God of the dead, <laughs> which is the best. 
So he's Anubis. He owns the Pyramid Hotel, right? Um, uh-huh. But he's over the years, he's known as the Grim Reaper. And I have um, oh, this vampire wake up. She wakes up in a morgue door. She's a vampire. She doesn't remember anything. She's very Harley Quinn kind of crazy. Okay. And he's all like buttoned up, you know, yes. tailored suits. And like, she, she is like kind of just nuts. Some people like there's very unhinged, but like that's like that is a lot. Like if you thought this was funny, that is hilarious. And she like the thing that readers love about it is that you know when she first wakes up, she sees this black dog, and you know it's very weird. It's in a hospital. She's like in a morgue in a hospital. There's a dog walking around, and then it disappears. And she sees more black dogs later on, and she realizes that she she doesn't nobody can see them, but she's gonna pet them. They're dogs, and it doesn't matter. She's gonna Uh pet them, and then you find out that those are reaper dogs who work for the grim reaper they go and reap souls so it was in the morgue to reap a soul Ah. and found her and now they're addicted to getting pet they want to get loves and he's like why the hell are you domesticating my reaper dogs they have shit to do i love it (laughs) you know so good (laughs) that is everybody's favorite part about those books they like she's like no and what, so I told you like that group, it, like you guys should join uh, my Facebook group, Holly's Hellions is, you know, when I was doing that, I said, uh, there's a game that's like your, your demon name is your name backwards. So what I did is I told everybody, okay, I, this is going to be the name of the Reaper dog. So everybody put your name in backwards. And I used all reader names for oh my, my Reaper dogs. So your name could be, I actually don't, I was going to say your name could be in there. I know for a fact, neither of your beautiful, unique heroine <laughs> names are in there. <laughs> uh, but I do love that because of that, one of them is called Anna because oh, it just. <laughs> I love it. Like they got the weirdest ones like, no, and Anna. Love it. <laughs> so that's a, a slow burn to steamy trilogy which everyone also gets very pissy about because they don't understand what that means. And it means there's no sex in book one. You got to get to book two for the good girl. God damn it. <laughs> it's so fussy, but it does come and it does get hot. And so I did the same thing where like the side characters are so like I built this world. And so now I'm working on the spinoff trilogy with Vivian, the vampire's best friend. And Ooh. so that one's in the works right now. So Goldie's going to be after that but it, I believe I'm going to get Goldie out this year. Okay. Awesome. Actually, this is a good time. You've sort of already spoke about your upcoming work and stuff, but we can go ahead and do our fun fuck fact now or is when we give you the floor to talk okay. about, well, you just talked about some of your upcoming work, but also share contact information, website, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, any of that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I, de- I mean, again, one of my favorite places to be is Holly's Hellions on Facebook like that. I, I go in there all the time and like, they're basically helping me write it. Like, I think memes help me write books a lot. Like, there's a ton of ones on like Death and the Grim Reaper. And now I'm getting fairy tale ones, which is super fun. Um, I really enjoy that. I'll go and be like, <laughs> actually, I used to do a thing too, where I like dressing my characters. If you haven't Ooh. noticed, I like style. So I'm a Pinterest person, so I'll put together, like, vote on the outfit. Like, I did, like, a vote on the wedding dress, vote on, like, certain outfits, and put the pictures in, and they could vote on what they wanted to see. And usually what happens is go, well, I wrote all four into it. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't pick the one I thought. Um, So Holly Stallions on Facebook is one of my favorites. I'm really, I love being on TikTok. Um, I'm Holly Roberts' author. I have one account. But I am now big enough that there are people trying to pretend to be me. So I just got the one. Really? Uh, yeah. How 
flattering. That is flattering. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I've done some videos that are like, if I ask money from you, please don't give it to me. I'm Mm -mm. I'm not trustworthy. Mm -mm. (laughs) Not the big one. Don't give that to me. Damn. (laughs) So Holly Roberts out there. I'm also on Instagram at author Holly Roberts. I did that wrong. And then my website, hollyroberts.com is really fun. So like if you ever need the bonus, like every book has a bonus epilogue and it does lead into like, it'll lead you to the next one. Um, Those can be found on my website. And also like, I love music. So I have the Spotify playlist. Um, Great. It's my favorite thing is when books have Spotify playlists. It's literally, I I love that so much. I have to write to music and I have to have like my Pinterest board is like, I got characters and books and all that stuff so i love the ex actually you guys might love this so the um the poison okay long story short my i stole that poison apple bar idea sort of from a reader fan you know i was like we i need to name this bar and one of my reader fans who has been amazing she and you know so she shows up so much i know who she is and she goes i did a business plan for a bar in college called the poison apple oh and i went and i messaged her on the side and I said, do you want me to put this in the book and like give life to it? And she said, yes. Oh, yay. <laughs> so it's like escalated so much actually where she's now a PA of mine. Um, She's so fabulous. <laughs> but like she she had cocktails for this bar. She had like, so the instant I, she said, yeah, you can use it. She sent me her Pinterest board of like this really <laughs> cool interior. And so um, on the website, I made a little area where it's the poison apple and you can click in and it, it, it acts like, oh, welcome to the bar. This is where the lost girls work. Here's the menu. And I have the menu of, and like her drinks matched up so well. It's like That's blood awesome. moon wolf drink. And like she made us, she's making ones for Goldie now, like signature drinks. So it's like got this whole little poison apple alcove on my website now. Which I love too. That's so cool. <laughs> you need to put up cookie recipes too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Especially if they give people magic. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. I th- I mean, <laughs> of course, we would love to go on and on and on more about this and super excited that you actually are going to give us those books that we want afterwards. Yes. Um, I really fell in love with both Goldie and Cinder as best friends and as, you know, extension of Red Stories. So I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on the show. We had a ton of fun. Sorry, it started off really good. And this is more for Kalina. I'm sorry I started off really crazy. <laughs> It's okay. I love to see where we're going sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, we're going to like oh, the middle that? sex scene. The middle. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually I jump to the very end. So. <laughs> oh, before we go, I do need to get the commentary. And basically, I just want to see how you re- like hear how you react. Is um, okay. So the full moon scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where she's strapped. Where she's yeah, tied down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, did we enjoy that? Or do we like the library scene better? My okay, in an honest opinion, it was a hot scene. It was a lot of. It was a lot. It was. It was a lot. <laughs> it was, it was a lot. <laughs> but this is sort of kind of what 
like what I was saying earlier, where you safely took us into these, like if we're not used to, you know, BDSM or just something that's a little bit more kinky, you know, right? you didn't do it in the face. It was just like, pow. I mean, she was strapped to a board. I know she was. I mean, I guess it was pow. But their communication and the reason why he did like, he's like, I know what you like. I have to strap you in, but I will help you get through this. <laughs> Maybe the most chivalrous scene of all. <laughs> Well, and I think the part that made it okay was he was struggling himself. Yes. Like, he wasn't just doing this and being, like, kind of cold and remote about it. Like, he was also, like, he wanted to do something else. He didn't want to just be standing off using toys. He wanted, yeah, you know, and, and he yeah. couldn't. And so he, like, to see that struggle, because he's, like, you know, jerking himself off and, like, obviously a mess all his <laughs> while he's trying to help her. Yeah. I think that's what, I think that was the piece that made it, like, held it together as being, like, an okay, like, a, a good scene still. And not, because at first, like, he drugs her and I was like, oh, shit. No, he drugged her. Yeah. I can't be on board for this. And then, like. Luckily, it was just a short period of time. She woke up and he's like, I know this sucks. And I've tied you down with a collar to the ground. (laughs) Yeah. But let me explain it. And it does help that he could show her like her wolf eyes and shit Mm -hmm. showing up and like the moon's there. And she's all like, okay, I believe you. You know, she wasn't still feeling like that he was lying or doing something bad. So because, you know, those pieces on their own. Are, could be uh, very upsetting. Could be traumatic, <laughs> but we get past it because one, he like what's it? Uh, sh- what's what's like postmated sex toys? Which, come on. <laughs> Why don't fucking, we have that company? Why isn't that a thing? He like postmated them to That's his house so at like hilarious. midnight on a you know Sunday and or whatever. Money will get you anything. He's wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then he stayed and worked through it with her in a way that, like, yeah, definitely wasn't just like, I'm going to leave you in this cellar tied up. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think he, you know, it's how he he was um, extending how he did it for himself. Like, that was, that's something he, like, those were things he did to himself. He used, like, the drugs on himself. He used Mm -hmm. the the collar on himself because he didn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to, like, get himself in a bad position. And, uh, like, she was getting uncontrollable and he was clearly not in a position to control her either. (laughs) Like, to help, you know, it's like, so, yeah. That's interesting. I usually just get the the eyes rolling back in the head and the incoherent sounds. But you guys took that to a very PC place. And I appreciate the breakdown. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so thoughtful and like there's that critical thinking skill <laughs> there, there it is and you know i think that says a lot about your writing and how you reach out to your readers you know because i mean we do this all the time this is what we do this is what our podcast is about so we learn how to analyze and to break it down and you know to yeah. either dig deeper or to yeah, critically think about the situation that's being written for us but we also are very open to it and understanding and trying to and having these conversations with the author really helps so we know that it's not coming from a place of maliciousness or you know bad intentions and stuff like that and we know he was in the end really trying to help her yes and himself well it's interesting because i had a couple of moments of that with the writing and one of them which i like i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this but i usually don't care so like in the scene the alleyway scene where she's just punching him and taking it out on him and like you know and he's like that's okay you can give it to me this is space i initially had it written where he punches her once and every reader went 
you can't fucking do that. And I was like, where is the women's rights? Equality? <laughs> She's gonna do, like, if he can give one to her three, that's equality. And I was like, nobody wants that. And I go, all right, fair enough. Never mind. So you you took it out because, yeah, and that's the thing because it could be triggering for some readers, right? It like, could be. Oh, yeah. for sure. But I also think that it could be triggering for them even if she hit him, which she does. Yeah, she, she does. does. Well, I think especially in that part, he doesn't yet know she is a wolf. Right. Right? Yeah. And so for him, I mean, to punch who he thinks is just a human, I think would be extra, like, tough. Like, yeah. Like, once they're both wolf out, maybe. Chains, <laughs> like, chains come off. She did yeah, okay. seem, because she has, she slapped him. I mean, she slapped him before they ever had sex. She the first punched time. him she and straight, then jumped on him. <laughs> well, and then she straight slapped him when he suggested burning her ugly bra. Oh, yes. Which didn't, which <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> I forgot about bra too. It did end up burning, which you know, <laughs> it did. Bye bye bra and apartment. Bye bye bra and apartment. But um, so like that was pretty early, and I was like, oh she and she slapped him, and it wasn't you know like kinky sexy slap. It was like she was piss slapped, and and he was like cool with it, and then she was like, oh it's really hot that he's cool with it. <laughs> Well, you know, and it is that thing too where they like I, I was gearing to the fact that they had very they have animal sides. They have yeah. very present yes. animal sides and that, you know, she like everyone's saying she's a bit much. Well, for humans she probably is a bit much. Like that is I think a proclivity towards like their their fey nature mm -hmm. and like to ha meet somebody who actually doesn't like you know I think that there's other versions of that where you know you have like I I don't have this with my husband but like see other people have like mean nicknames for each other like tease each other in their relationship and like somebody's yeah. like I could not do that in my relationship but there's like a certain kind of banter and play inside of that that those mm -hmm. people can do that you know like I have mm -hmm. friends who like with their significant others they can fight they need to fight and I'm like I we don't fight we don't no it's <laughs> Consensual, yeah, and that's that's exactly what it is. So it's acceptable for both. Like, even though it might be hard for some of us as viewers to see or to you know to take it in that way, it's acceptable for the couple to be like that. And you know, if you can't read it, then that's then you can't read it. You know, but yeah, as the two main characters in here who are wares, they can take it and they accept it from each other. And this is how they actually start to cope and learn from each other. This is why I like the paranormal romance mm -hmm. arena mm -hmm. because it is a it relies heavily on context. Yeah, like I, you know, like that that is a very contextual situation about having a physical manifestation of an animal side of you and having it affect your personality. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure. So remember when you know Saylet was going on tangents? How dare you? <laughs> You, you are just out of control. No, this is good. No, I think it's good to talk about those mm -hmm. those scenes because there are like for some readers that could be a little bit challenging. And we've had books that don't handle that. Well. Like I especially think some older romance, I want to yeah. say like early 2000s stuff with wolves were like, this is a fucking wolf. And they like do a lot of like way too intense alpha like mm -hmm. dominant stuff that is uncomfortable to read. I think we've come a long way where we, like even that notion of that's how wolf structure in real life exists among wolves is crazy. <laughs> so the fact that we'd taken it in and made it into like the way this human slash wolf hybrid would react, it like, and so that's the stuff that we've we've come across and we're like, I, I can't, we can't read this for the podcast. We got to not do it because it's, it's uncomfortable. And I think maybe times have changed the way people write has changed and all of that. So I like it when we come to a, a scene that has that potential, but is done well and done with 
both of them still making like consenting, you know, choices, still like in the moment saying, this is what I want. Like she tells him what she needs, even though she's chained up. She didn't know that at the beginning, but then she agrees to it. She doesn't want to go on a rampage and hurt anyone or meet some random person. It'd be just Brexley anyway, who she would meet. But (laughs) (laughs) But she, you know, so she knows she needs help. She asks for it. And instead of you know, leaving, he stays, even though that's hard on him and he gives it to her. Like, and then they work through it for the rest of the book, too. It's not like the next morning isn't super weird and awkward. Like, he walks in with coffee and a, you know, ham and cheese croissant and gets her to her exams on time. Yeah. Yeah. And helps her, like, pass it with, you know, really good marks mm-hmm. when she's been struggling. So, mm-hmm. it's a really romantic morning after for such a fucking weird scene. <laughs> <laughs> she poses that way. But, you know, when you have that intensity, I did want to bring in the tenderness and the sweetness. To yeah. It. Like, it's not all about, like, just getting off or, like, dealing with, like, it, there's, it's dichotomy. So I think that those scenes needed to come right up against each other to, to be inclusive of the entire feelings that they possess, the entire beings that they are. They're not just sex crazy. Like, I'm, it's not erotica that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're actually building a relationship as much as they don't want to (laughs) you know like as much as they're (laughs) fighting it for themselves and those are the human feelings that you have and the connection that you make for the characters and for your readers it's great well i'll give you more don't worry (laughs) (laughs) awesome all right well i think we've done a good synopsis of the book (laughs) and Mm -hmm. some of holly's other things that she's been writing and where you guys can find her so hopefully everyone listening has already read it and if not this should be your uh, sign. Yes. Go out and read this book. Go and do it, guys. It is <laughs> it's really, really, really highly good. Like, I couldn't put it down. I was just like, well, now I'm going to just stay up all night yes. reading a book. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. I mean, that's my third favorite. After tears and outrage, it's also robbing people of sleep. You know, like, it's good to have goals as an author. And, like, making people late to work, lose sleep or cry or throw yeah. something. And just, like, you know... It's it's like, you know, some people get annual reviews and raises and that's mine. You know, <laughs> success. If we have to put this book away because we're at work, that is a goal. So although I work from home, so it's OK for me to do it. So <laughs> I'm totally content. I did make it. one girl li- two hours late for her job oh, and she's in her car reading just one nice. page. And that was like the crowning achievement. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is great. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to be waiting for those next ones to come out. So we will be stalking you. And maybe we can have you back on the show. This was a ton of fun. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is such such a absolute treat. You have no idea. You like you, you guys are just wonderful. And also. Can I just say, voice is made for a podcast. Like, what? Yum. Really? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. For sure. We're both really annoyed of our own voices. Yeah. As we all are. But I, 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 when I started to listen to it on my own time, I was like, Dang. Oh, not, not everybody has a face for TV. Not everybody has a voice for podcast. You know, like, still should show up, right? But, yeah, like, sure. you guys got the, like, I'll, t- I'll tell you more about that later. But, yeah. Yeah, tell me, definitely tell me more about that. Right. You, you've got that. You've got the, you've got the sultry, seductress sound, Saylet. You've got, like, oh. kind of a little low voice that's, like, really soothing. It has this timber. And, Kalina, you have this kind of educated um pronunciation to your words 
and also like a really nice pitch. I really enjoy it. So I feel a little, you know, seduced. Oh, my, my ears are red. Yeah. <laughs> I am taking this in and I am loving it so much. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. Well, great. Yeah. Again, thank you. And we shall talk to you later. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, guys, that was our interview with Holly. Holly, we know you're listening. Thank you so much for joining. That was a ton of fun. We had a great time. Yep. And so we're just going to close out here, do our rating, tell you what we're reading next. And then, uh, yeah, until next time. So what do you think? What are you going to give this? It's, I'm giving this book Fuck a 10. Yeah, I fucking love this, this book. Hell yes. As soon as I got to like it and I text you, I was like, dude, seriously. Yep. You knew. <laughs> you knew. And we always know when that's like now you're anticipating it, right? Because... <laughs> sometimes it's like ah you you hyped it up so much and it wasn't no i was fucking right about this <laughs> of course it was so good yeah i just really i enjoyed the humor in it i enjoyed the like emotional arc of the characters mm-hmm. the writing was really well so done good. Like, just kept you in the story yeah you know sometimes you can like the writing feels like writing yes this feels like storytelling yes like even though you're reading it you're reading it on the page because this is an eyeball book it's like the story is happening in front of your eyes that's how well written it is so yeah i really just loved it and that yeah who knew it was fairy tales that that was what i was missing in my no life. for sure fairy t- yeah that could just be your it's it's almost kind of like i think of it as liking a cover song so you heard the original right but here's a different mm-hmm. a different tone of it a different ballad you know but it's the same message it's the same type well essentially the same you know but it's told in yeah. a different way and I'm sure the wolf dies in the original I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's, true. that's true but you know it's it, that's why it's called a retelling so <laughs> you know but she kept in a lot of the parts that even if some people were to say eh, that's pretty corny or whatever like the my what big eyes you have my what big cocky it, it's the way that she mixed it all together and you know ingrained it into her her storytelling was amazing it's so good. it just really was, it was and just really, having this really conversation good. with her i could really see her right like she puts a lot oh, yeah. of her personal character in her writing i could see it it correlates and i like it a lot i think it's really cool to be able to see that because then you get a little bit of you know you get a little taste in a sense mm-hmm. of the author mm-hmm. yep it was wonderful yeah really good book can't wait for the second one yeah i kind of felt, dude, i felt bad that we were like pressuring her we're like tell us tell us right now give it to us well i mean if we had been the only ones that would have been weird you can't write this book here's the thing like there are plenty of books that are really good standalone yeah. and usually that means all of the characters their story kind of gets wrapped up like if you have like really fascinating side characters and you want it to be a, like a true only standalone book, those characters' died stories better kind of be wrapped up as well as part of the story. Yeah. If you don't and you create a just fascinating character that shows up and we don't get mm. the beginning, middle, and end for their book or their story, guess who needs a book now? <laughs> <laughs> you just lost your standalone uh, book because now I need to understand this mm-hmm. character. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, man. So you did it to yourself by writing too good of characters. <laughs> too interesting <laughs> <laughs> you did too good of a job and now we want more <laughs> yeah you want a true standalone book write a closed door room with two people that's, in it. It. that's it that's it <laughs> once their story's done when nobody needs no any more, more. <laughs>
<laughs> nope. But you can't give us this great cast of characters and then just have us itching for more. Yeah. And tell us like, yeah, well, we, we never know. Yeah. No. So I think everybody who read it was like, okay, now. <laughs> yes. We need we need to find out. Yeah. Books, so. And I would highly recommend, though, I don't know if there's any control on this at all. But if it ever goes to Audible, I would really love Aiden Snow to read this book. Oh, fuck, please. <laughs> please. Aiden Snow needs to, and, and if possible, do duet narration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's some of our favorite female narrators? Um, I don't know, but Aiden Snow had better be Brexley. It's just got to be Aiden. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. he's too, oh, he's so good at being a wolf. So good at being a wolf. He's so deep. And he's life. not a bad <laughs> female character either. No, his women are fine. His, They're really good. They're not. They're really, so it doesn't have to be mm-mm. dual No, it doesn't. I just no. kind of am in love with dual narration. No, it's so. really good. And he does really good with them too. But if he wants to take on all of it, I'll take it all. Let's do this. But all right, great. So for our next book, we are going to be reading Demons Do It Better. It's a hidden species novel by Louisa Masters, narrated by Joel Leslie. And that will be the first highlight of the... No, it's not the first, is it? Yep. It is the yep. first highlight. It's our first for LGBTQ+. Yes. So read along to that. And uh, we will see you guys next time on that. Yeah. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Sturdy Books. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email us directly at sturdybooks at gmail.com. And in all of those places, it is with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at sturdybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. If you can go there, rate, review, subscribe, that would be amazing. And like Kalina said, if you guys can contact us, we would love to hear from you. But with that, we'll say goodnight. This is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Into sh- reading dirty books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.